Hello, kaiju lovers. This is Nathan coming to you, OOC. Just wanted to let you know that production is well underway for episode 74. Just got some editing I need to take care of. And then it will be out. A great discussion between myself and Chris Cook on Power Rangers 2017. Great follow-up to what I did on the power trip concerning this film. In the meantime... I wanted to share this Kaiju Weekly classic with you. This was not my first appearance on Kaiju Weekly. It was my second, but it was my first film discussion on there as me and my friend Travis Alexander talking about Night of the Lepus, which has DeForest Kelly of Star Trek fame fighting giant bunnies. You heard that right. So, with Travis's blessing, I'm resharing it here to tide you over. This goes all the way back to spring of 2020. So, enjoy listening to this while I finish up episode 74. Thank you. This week's episode of Kaiju Weekly is brought to thee by the Holy Hand Grenade. When thou must blow thine enemies to tiny bits in God's mercy, especially when they're giant killer rabbits, accept no substitutes. Simply pull the holy pin, count to three, and lob it at thy foes. One, two, five. I mean three. Ah, crap. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Kaiju Weekly, the weekly podcast that introduces you to the wide world of giant monster movies. I am your host, Travis, and with me is a very special guest all the way from uh, Okasawara Island, Nathan. Yeah. What's up, kaiju lovers? <laughs> Foreshadowing to our topic for this week. <laughs> Spoilers! <laughs> oh, man. So, Thanks for having me on again, man. It wonderful being able to take a quick little trip off of Monster Island, although I will tell you, with this whole coronavirus pandemic thing, I can't begin to tell you the paperwork I had to go through in order to take this trip. The board made me sign so many liability forms oh, <laughs> to, wow. get, to come here. And then not only that, I had to agree. Jimmy had to do the same thing. And unfortunately, Michael's not here with us today. And he, he'll have to, he had to put up with this. You know, those famous orange and yellow jumpsuits that people from Monster Island are, you know, are known mm -hmm. for wearing. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they also had the little helmet things that went along with it. We were required once we left on the Moonlight SY3, because that was what we used to get here today. It's Jimmy's baby. We had to wear those the entire trip to make sure we didn't catch the virus. <laughs> and then when I got here, Michael had to put one on to fly back to the island. Apparently him and Jimmy are testing out some sort of new 
jungle adventure attraction that the board of directors on the island is trying out. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind not of sure glad what's they... going on with that, but yeah, I'm kind of glad they buried the hatchet because I know they were they went through a rough patch there for a little while. Um... Yeah, they had a <laughs> they had a flame war going on there for a while. I don't know what it is with Jimmy. He starting flame wars with people. At one point, he was fighting two of them. Michael and John LeMay. But the one with John LeMay is still the weirdest one. It is the weirdest Claymore I've ever seen because Jimmy is only on Twitter and John is not on Twitter. Oh, wow. I don't understand. It's more of a Cold War then. Yeah. I got a Cold War going on with somebody else. (laughs) Well, I am so glad. Is a Cold War? <laughs> I am so glad I that you are you. on this <laughs> on this episode. Um, it's going to be a fun one, uh, listeners. Yeah, I will is... let you know, as you can see, I am Monster Island and your show because I am sporting the Visit Monster Island shirt that you put together for your uh, for your merch site. Yeah, I'm glad that you got uh, one of those shirts because that was made after the last episode that you were on. I I was inspired to go and make that shirt. (laughs) Yeah, and Uh, I bought it immediately pretty much. (laughs) Yeah, it it was – It. I'm glad you bought it because it was kind of a way of paying me back for all the trouble that your mascots caused the last time you were on. Oh, jeez. You will be happy to know that – and, you know, this, and this is actually the first place I, I'm even going to hint at this. The you know the big reveal will pro- will be soon. I won't say exactly when, but it will be soon. I am bringing in a third mascot to curtail their gremlin-like act- <laughs> antics. I'm glad. I am very <laughs> glad because that really, really was a pain in the butt to try to edit that podcast. Episode. I know it probably. <laughs> I'm sure you probably uh, gained at least what five gray hairs and lost at least a year off of your life i'm not oh, sure at least at least <laughs> well uh listeners we're just going to tell you right up front this episode is going to be a fun one because we uh watched the movie that we're talking about uh together right before recording and it's one of those movies that you just you don't come away the same person as you were when you went in. <laughs> this goes back to your left of center, I think is what yes, you Yeah. We took a little break from our from our left of center kaiji movies and now we're back. We're back to watching movies that are, are talking about movies that are little left of center. But before we get into that, let's talk about the news. So what you got? We don't have a whole lot of news in the world of giant monsters, but um, just got a few things. One thing that's kind of tangentially related to giant monster movie news is uh, San Diego Comic-Con is officially canceled for this year. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So we they finally pulled the trigger on it, and uh, much like a character with his horse in uh, in the movie we watched for this week. Uh, they put that horse down. <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> this is a great way to start your movie. <laughs> I know. Horse assassination. Yeah. I know. <laughs> so um, I, I have to tell you, uh-huh. it, the big reason why people are talking about this, the fan community, is that that means we aren't going to have any big reveals or big trailer drops like we've had before. Like last year at SDCC, 
we got, mm -hmm. well, no, two years ago, I should say, we had the big trailer drop, the, the first trailer drop for King of the Monsters, and everyone lost their minds, understandably so. Mm -hmm. And, you know, before that, they showed the that weird kind of, I don't know what you would call it, uh, not sizzle reel, maybe like proof of concept sort of a thing, like in 2012 for Godzilla 2018. Mm -hmm. Well, now it's canceled. We're not seeing it. What concerns me is that San Diego Comic-Con is the geek convention. Right. It is. I don't think it was necessarily the first. <laughs> if Jimmy was uh, was on right now, he would correct me or blog about it later. But <laughs> but it is the one that everybody knows. It's the largest. It's the most famous. And they have canceled. This is the first time in their entire history that they have ever done this. And it's because of the pandemic going on. And for me, that's concerning because. That makes you wonder if any other conventions that are happening in the summer, you know, a couple of my favorites, G-Fest and Gen Con, they, mm -hmm. they happen around the same time. And now I'm wondering if they're even going to happen, if other conventions are going to look at SDCC canceling and then cancel their right. own events. Yeah, and that's one of the things that um, JD specifically uh, for uh, G-Fest was saying on online anytime anybody kind of criticized him for not canceling it. It's like, look, it's in the summertime, and even San Diego Comic-Con hasn't canceled yet. Well, now well. San, San Diego <laughs> Comic-Con has canceled, so uh, it, it does make me wonder what's going to happen with G-Fest if he is going to go ahead and cancel it. Um, or not, but uh, we'll we'll see. Um, we've been keeping up with the news here on this podcast about yeah. G Fest and everything. But yeah. yeah, you're right that canceling. Uh, the reason why this relates to giant monster movies is because at San San Diego Comic Con, we were kind of expecting to get some info or maybe a trailer, something from Godzilla versus Kong, and now we're not getting that. I can tell you because I have some insider information so to speak because i am i can i think i can at least say this much i am scheduled to be one of the panel pre uh, presenters at g fest this year so mm -hmm. i've been hearing from the organizers about what they're trying to figure out and i know that matt frank has actually talked about doing some sort of online alternative to g fest yeah i don't know what that would look like but I've also heard from some other people that they have done online conventions before and I thought they were fun. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Uh, I can tell you for sure if G-Fest does get canceled and there isn't some sort of online alternative, I am planning on turning at least one of my panel presentations, which would have been with Danny DeManna of the Godzilla novelization project. I, I contact him. He's like, if it gets canceled, let's just record an episode or a video or something for the podcast. Right. You know, of our presentation. And he was yeah. all for it. That'd be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. I'd love yeah. to hear that. Um, so yeah, there's, there's not much more to talk about. Um, other than you know it being canceled. Um, we don't know what's going to happen. If, if, legendary and warner brothers were planning on doing anything for godzilla versus kong for san diego comic-con 
were they are they going to just release it online what's going to happen we we don't really know but that was just the news and it affects the world of giant monsters so i wanted to talk about it here's a wacky idea warner brothers i'm assuming you're listening to this because why would oh, of course yeah <laughs> definitely we only have like 50 listeners on a regular basis why why wouldn't one of them be one of the largest uh movie producers in the world of course <laughs> Here's a crazy idea. Uh, uh, insane scenario. SDCC canceled. G-Fest still goes on. How about you drop the trailer at G-Fest? Yeah. Just saying. All right. Yeah. <laughs> that would be fun. All right. And so moving on to the next bit of news, um, we've had these legendary watch-alongs for the mm -hmm. last few weeks. Um, with Unfortunately, uh, I have not been able to participate in those because I've been very busy. <laughs> yeah, I have. I haven't participated either, but the first one we had uh, was a watch along uh, with Gareth Edwards watching along the 2014 Godzilla movie. The Which I will tell you, I was very happy to see all the love he was getting because I yeah. feel like I still feel like there are people in the fan community who don't appreciate him or his film nearly enough. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that film gets a lot more uh, hate than it deserves. I, I mean, I I think I don't think it gets an an unusual amount of hate like there. You know, there's not there is enough people who do love it out there. But the hate that it does get, I feel, is unjustified. I actually here's a hot take for you because you say that. But I feel like the only MonsterVerse movie I don't really see people criticizing all that much is Skull Island, mm -hmm. and I don't understand why, because you, I don't know if you heard my episode on Skull Island or not, but mm -hmm. it's, I do bring up, it's not perfect, and I have some issues. Oh, no, and, yeah. And actually, I'm going to bring this up here, because I didn't get a chance. We went through so many things on that episode, so I didn't get to everything. Although Jimmy had this in his Jimmy's Notes blog uh, as a follow-up to it. The whole thing that I hear people praising skull island for is that it has daylight battles I'm like okay i get it but i then saw somebody on twitter who works in special effects and he says i'm tired of hearing people say this because they don't just do stuff like in king of the monsters or in 2014 or any other movie you know pacific rim the original pacific rim they don't mm -hmm. just do those things at night because they're trying to hide imperfections in or have rain or whatever and they're not doing it to hide imperfections in the special effects Yes, sometimes they do that. But he said, here's the real reason for it. Yeah, it's a little harder to render things in daylight mm -hmm. in a computer. That is true. However, when you look at the monsters or the things that are happening in those movies that are set at night, they're at night because those are usually things that have bright lights or flashy powers. They look better at night. Right. You know, Godzilla's atomic ray, it shows up better at night than it would in the daytime. Right. Yeah. And then the, what do the you contrast. have? In, yeah. And then what do you have in Kong Skull Island? You have monsters that have drabber colors. They're here. They look better in the daylight. Mm hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. Thank you. There are creative choices being made here not to hide things. Yeah. I, I do think that the 2014. Uh, one is a well-made movie and, and we'll we'll get around to reviewing it on this podcast um, at some point you know, um, coming up 
probably this year. I'm hoping we'll get to it this year. Uh, so, you know, I'll talk about it more then. But yeah, uh, so the most recent uh, legendary watch along that we had was with, uh, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, <laughs> Michael uh, Doherty? Yeah, yeah, Mike, Michael Doherty. That's right. <laughs> I was like, why am I blanking on his name? <laughs> yeah, because and, it was Gareth Edwards, 14, and then Jordan Vote Roberts for Skull Island, and then the mm -hmm. most recent one that was Michael Doherty for King of the Monsters. There right. you go. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and so in it, the one thing that I want to, and it happened actually before the watch along, but it's a little thing that kind of went along with it. Um, one bit of news that I found interesting was that they officially said that the name of the Muto that was in. King of the Monsters is named the Queen Muto and that the on-set nickname for it is Barb. Yep. And I just, I, that was a I, uh, I just want to say I uh, eagerly await Michael Dougherty's other meme-tastic nicknames for all the monsters in that movie because we have Kevin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and now we have Barb. And predictably, within, I think, 30 minutes of that announcement, someone made a Muto Queen Barb Twitter feed. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It, 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 the internet moves fast. <laughs> um, so I thought this was interesting. Uh, so in the comic book that was the prelude to King of the Monsters, we had Muto Prime. Mm -hmm. And Muto Prime was the progenitor of the two Mutos that we saw in in uh, the 2014 movie. So, and the way um, Michael Doherty talked about this uh, Queen Muto is that she's actually older than those two Mutos. Mm. And something, uh, and I forget uh who said it or or how it was described but that um the queen has the potential to be muto prime if she mates and can and gives birth to more mutos so interesting yeah it, it is it's that just explains a, why that explains why one of the first posts on that twitter feed was looking for a mate Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it is, it's just a little bit of uh, extra bonus stuff that adds to the world. Um, somebody brought up uh, just recently, I think it might have been Chris from Gargantia Cast brought up recently when we were talking that he would love to see a bestiary, like an actual in universe yes. type mm -hmm. book that's written that has that describes all of the biology and all the history and everything of these of these monsters and of these titans and so I, I completely agree with that and this is kind of the type of stuff that you would see in a bestiary like that oh yeah the, here you want if you want to have a fun discussion with say michael when he gets back or we could have it right now for him if you wanted to or uh -huh. you can ask the listeners on social media what do you think are the other nicknames for the other titans oh <laughs> in, yeah in, in king of the monsters like behemoth and uh, i'm trying to remember some of the other ones scylla scylla and you know, although i call i called scylla i think scylla tentacles right 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I call that one Cthulhu face, but <laughs> yeah. 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 Cthulhu face. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's interesting. I have to give it some thought and then come up with some funny nicknames for him and see. Uh, if, see behemoth if probably, behemoth probably has the obvious nickname of Harry H A R R Y. Right. Yeah. Or, or Snuffleupagus. Cause he does kind of look go. like a Snuffy. Yeah. Snuffy. He does kind of look like that. <laughs> Uh, uh, uh so that's a bit of fun little info that we had there so that was that um like we said this this is a slow news week so we're just kind of uh looking for the scraps of news that we can get <laughs> just wait just wait until the the, the trailer for Godzilla versus kong drops and you'll have plenty to talk about because we'll finally know that this movie is not some fever dream that the entire fandom is <laughs> oh man when that trailer drops we may dedicate an entire episode to just reviewing the trailer because As you should. <laughs> yeah because i can't imagine reducing that down to just like a 20 minute new segment it, that would be just oh, yeah. no <laughs> yeah i'm already planning on trying my hand reaction video for the podcast monster island film vault youtube channel Mm. <laughs> that would be fun um so the last bit of news i wanted to talk about uh we had a new magic the gathering uh product that came out we talked about a couple of weeks ago how magic the gathering had crossed over with the toho monsters and we got a lot of godzilla um and his friends on playing cards for this tabletop game we have a new set that's coming out and it's going to include five Japanese foil land cards and one MTG arena sleeve code. I have no idea what those mean, but that was in the news. <laughs> Cause I don't well, play magic. MTG the is magic. The gather. Oh yeah. MTG. That makes sense. See, this is what watching the movie that we watched today does to my brain <laughs> listeners it can just be your excuse for everything now right exactly uh so uh pre-orders will only be available for a 24-hour period starting on may 7th at 9 a.m pacific time via the secret layer site and it's going for 29.99 so i'm looking at this and i've played magic the gathering but it was always my younger brother josiah's Thing. that was his hobby oh, so okay. i would just he would collect the cards and i would just play with him so i'm looking at this and i'm thinking one of three things needs to happen either i need to buy this for him as a gift but it's really for me because i'm a jerk like that <laughs> or i just need to break down and buy it myself just for the heck of it and then I'll play my brother or anybody else I know who plays the game because I know a few other people. Who play the game. Not Jimmy, though. He's not into that. So, or I need to talk my brother into buying this for my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> so this is – so if I'm remembering right or if I – I may have it wrong, but in Magic the Gathering you have uh, like actual monster cards and then you also have um, location cards like locations right yes the the basic gist of, of what Ma the way magic works is that the idea is that you as the player are a wizard and you are summoning creatures your from your deck to engage in combat with another wizard 
Okay. And the way it works is that you have their land cards, and then you lay those out and you use the land cards. You could use other cards to do this too, but the land cards are your primary source of what's called mana, which is essentially like right. the money that you get each turn to play different cards the, from your hand into play. And then the the primary way that you inflict damage on the other player is you put out creature cards, attack and okay. boss and things like that. And you can make the cards like you can say, I'm attacking with this creature. And then you, you rotate the card. And mm-hmm. that means that the uh, the creature is attacking. You tap it. That's the term used in. It. And oh, then the okay. other player has the option to then tap one of his creatures to defend it, because otherwise that damage goes straight to him. Yeah, see, that's I'm, the basic I'm glad... gist of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm glad that you're here because if you listen to the last episode where me and Michael talked about uh, the Magic: The Gathering uh, set, we had no idea what we were talking about. <laughs> yeah. Although I will say one thing that concerns me a little bit, and I don't know if this is true, if it was a bunch of fan-made things that went up, but it seems like, because this is part of this new kind of giant monster theme set that Wizards of the Coast, which is, produces Magic the Gathering, they're putting together. So it's part of this big, I forget what it's like, uh, the Behemoths of Akoria. Yeah, I think is what it's called. Yeah. yeah, and there are some people thinking. Th- there are some people who have said that these Godzilla cards, all they're really doing is reskinning other cards. Yeah, well, now that I have heard that that a lot of these are just it's the same kind of uh, it's it's a uh, same as other Magic the the Gathering cards. They just changed the name and added a new. Um, picture, you know, that has Godzilla or whatever yeah. monster on it. So I, yeah. I, I think they they might have done that just from my point of view to not break the game. <laughs> you know, it's like it's easy yeah. to integrate it. In <laughs> I was are... thinking about that. I have played Magic cards where no joke. I was playing with a with a friend who had a bunch of his own decks that he had put together, and he was telling themes where, and there was one that was all dinosaurs. Yes, mm-hmm. there are dinosaurs. In Magic the Gathering. And oh, so wow. that sounds like fun. And that's so why I played the dinosaur deck. So and I'm looking at that. I was like, these are already gigantic. We have full-fledged kaiju now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, if we were playing this realistically, it would be, you know, uh, okay. I ha- Even if you had a troop of dinosaurs, it's still going to be Godzilla steps on them and wins. I mean, that's... Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so I uh, got to yeah. suspend disbelief a tiny bit. Yeah. <laughs> so these um these cards are the location cards that are going along with those um those monster ca- monster cards that we got uh not too long ago. And uh, again, the same thing we talked about with those other cards, the artwork is fantastic. It is. Just beautiful artwork. All of them have Godzilla in some kind of uh, backdrop uh, and scenery, and it looks fantastic. You've got one that looks like a green field with Godzilla walking with Mothra. Then you have some, a sunset uh, with Godzilla and Hedorah in the background. You've got Godzilla in a jungle, Godzilla on the some kind of um, shoreline, and then a Godzilla up in a high altitude mountain fighting some kind of flying creature that might be Rodan, but the picture is too small for me to see. You know, what's funny you're describing all 
things is I haven't looked at all of these as much as you have. I know that uh -huh. the, I knew this existed. Those are land cards. Since I know things about magic, for those will help listeners. Those are land cards. Like I said, that gives you different kinds of mana. Oh, it gives you mana. But the thing uh -huh. is, is that they're all different colors, and they give you different colors of mana. And uh, okay. different cards require different kinds of mana. You know, different colors of mana in order to play huh. them. So a lot of times people will theme their decks around certain colors. So it might be red and green, or you know, black and white, and things like that. So what you're describing are the I already know. It's like oh, the I know what, what kinds of lands he's talking about there. You know, mm -hmm. the one that's a jungle that's a green land. Mm -hmm. The the shoreline that's probably uh, you know a plains for a white land and the what was trying to think what were some of the other ones you were describing like the, uh, the mountain one is probably uh, that's a, a red land because mm -hmm, mountains sure are red lands in magic and then what was the um the one it was a sunset with fedora in like a swamp area uh probably black yeah that the one's swamps the are one. usually black and then there should the the shoreline is blue okay so that one's probably blue and then yeah. what was the, is there one that looks white yeah, that's the plains one. So the plains one is white because oh, I can with see Mothra, the, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I can see the colors on them. Um, the the plains with Mothra, that one's white. You have the swamp with Godzilla and Hedora in the background. That one's black. Uh, the jungle is green. The shoreline uh, is blue, and then the mountain is is red. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah, yeah. So that's the so if anybody is interested in getting these, you can pre-order them at the website that's uh, secretlayer.wizards.com, and they're going to be available for a twenty-four hour period on May seventh for pre-order. Well, the pre-orders, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the pre-order, um, and so if anybody wants to pre-order them, and they're starting at thirty dollars. The big thing is that you'll get the japan exclusive ones right yeah i'm guessing this will probably be the only way you can get the japan if you're not in japan right um but yeah other than that there wasn't really any news this week that was the the last of the news that i had so we can go ahead and jump into our main topic and oh boy is it going to be something <laughs> we've already hinted at this last time i visited <laughs> I just happened to mention, hey, I'm kind of in I'm mildly interested in seeing this movie because DeForest Kelly is in it. And I'm a right, Star Trek. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so the trivia question, I always ask a trivia question at the end of each episode to uh, hint to the next episode. So the trivia question from last week is what fluffy monster movie features one of the stars of Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho and two actors from Star Trek the original series? And we've got a few answers. So Cole Francis said Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> I did say that you answer any kind of answer that you want, and I will give you a shout out. Um, and then let's see. Uh, Mark Myers said the birds. Almost. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> That's more uh, feathery than fluffy. Right. Um, this one might be my favorite. <laughs> Tyler's Mosher said Godzilla versus Donkey Kong. <laughs> I want this movie. Yeah. I want this movie. <laughs> that sounds fun. Uh, uh, Luis or Luis uh, Valenzuela said Gorath, 1962 film from Tokyo. Not I, uh, no film from Toho. <laughs> or Toho, not Tokyo. Well, it was like 
I didn't remember Gorath being fluffy. <laughs> yeah, he's he's kind of well because he's like a a, a seal or a sea lion. So oh, that's kinda... Moguma. I'm thinking of when I think of Gorath. I'm, oh, oh, the okay. rogue planet thing. It's like it's big. Enough. Oh, yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's <laughs> not the, fluffy at all. It, it, this is what happens when you feed your triples. Okay, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we've got uh, a few answers from Michael that he gave. Oh, you me forgot before. about Kershaw. Hold on, I, I want to get to Kershaw last. Oh, okay. Kershaw last. Um, okay. So we've got a few answers from Michael, uh, who gave me his answers before he took off to uh, Monster Island. Yes. And so he said, the creature from Frankenstein's plant versus Monster X, Ibra. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and He's then he trying to compete with my funny answer. Right, yeah. <laughs> then he said, Shin Godzilla versus Yeti of the 20th century. <laughs> I was going to say, it's just, yeah, that, I see the rest of it. <laughs> Giant, yep. of, the Giant of the 21st century. or tw Actually, it's 20th century, not 21st. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, and then uh, Godzilla versus the Smog Monster 2, Attack of the Rona. <laughs> Oh, jeez. We had to get a Corona. Kids are calling it now. Right. Yeah, we had to get a Corona reference in there. Um, and then he <laughs> did... Hedora is. <laughs> That's why he got Hedora ever since the quarantine happened. He's been quarantined from everybody else on the island. And he shows the other kaiju are like, nope. <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, and then my favorite one, The Trouble with Tribbles 3, Great Caesar's Hairball. <laughs> okay, that one might be my favorite now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really like that one. <laughs> and then I want to know I, what Trouble with Tribbles 2 is. <laughs> is it the two episodes of the of the original series and then the Deep Space Nine one? Is that what Yeah, I think... I, the third I think the, in the line? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think the Deep Space Nine one might be the second one that he's referencing. Oh, that's <laughs> one of my all-time favorite episodes of Star Trek, period. <laughs> um, and then we have my best friend in the whole wide world, Kershaw Baker, uh, who messaged me the other day on Instagram and said, I can't believe you're going to be doing this movie. I can't believe you're finally covering this movie. <laughs> and said, his guess, Night of the Lepus. <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> and yep. So this episode is dedicated to you, Kershaw. <laughs> I don't get to talk to him too much ever since with the, uh, with the virus and the quarantine. And he lives in another state, so I don't get to talk to him as much. But, but this episode is dedicated to you. <laughs> so my question now becomes, is he by that or not? <laughs> is, that, is he what? Is he going to be honored by that or not? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> so, yes, our main topic for this week is Night of the Lepus, a movie about giant rabbits. In fact, that's the plot breakdown that I have. Giant mutant rabbits terrorize the Southwest United States. I was, yeah, I was going to say, you left out the kill. <laughs> if, 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 if it was just giant rabbits, then it would just be... Clifford the Big Red Dog or something. Right. These <laughs> are <laughs> So, uh, cast and crew, I'm just going to go through this real quick. We have Stuart Whitman, Janet Lee, who is the actress from 
uh, Psycho. She was the one in the yeah in the famous sh- uh, shower scene that was uh, from Psycho. So and she's also Jamie Lee Curtis's mother. So mm-hmm. uh, the horror from- horror movies run in their family. <laughs> yep, from one scream queen to another. Exactly. Rory Calhoun uh, is also in this movie. DeForest Kelly is in this yes. movie. There's, there's one of <laughs> your <man>. actors. <laughs> there's one of your actors from Star Trek. Paul Fix is the other actor from uh, Yes. And who plays Sheriff Cody in this. And I looked up way too much stuff about uh, about Paul Fix to drop in this episode. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> oh, that works. All right. Uh, Melanie Fullerton is i think the little girl in this movie yeah that's the little girl (laughs) it's all her fault yeah it's all her fault (laughs) um (laughs) this movie was directed by william f claxton and produced by ac lyles who were at before this were known for making westerns right you can tell (laughs) you can definitely tell which makes sense why deforest kelly is in it because before DeForest Kelly was even in Star Trek. He was a Western actor. Mm-hmm. He was so. known for playing the heavy in Westerns. <laughs> I need to find some of the Westerns in and watch them because I will confess I have not seen, De- I don't think I've seen DeForest Kelly in anything other than Star Trek. And I feel a little bit bad about that. Well, now you have. <laughs> oh, yes. Now I have. Thanks to you <laughs> and the show. I have not Star Trek, but I need even more things than star trek fun fact this was the last not star trek movie that he was ever in Mm -hmm. yep (laughs) so look where his career took him (laughs) 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 oh poor guy (laughs) so let's talk opening thoughts what are your initial thoughts on this movie having finally well the first the first thing that needs to be said is you and I kind of cheated. <laughs> <laughs> we watched the Rift Tracks version of this movie, which I think actually enhanced the because, and I had never seen this before. Mm. I had not seen this before. And I got to tell you, I think if I had to watch it without Rift Tracks, I would have found it not only not scary, but kind of boring at points because there are long periods in this movie where nothing happened. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. (laughs) For sure. The the jokes definitely helped it. And (laughs) the thing is, is I probably would have been riffing it myself. Heck when we were watching today, I was adding my own jokes to the riff track. <laughs> because that is what years of watching MST3K and Rift Tracks has done to me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh man, I think my favorite one. Uh, I still. I love the. What was? What was the one that was your favorite? No. Uh, Hippity hoppity down. The... Death is on its way. <laughs> death is on its way. <laughs> Said by Mike Nelson, who my man. <laughs> Oh man, I love it. I love yes. I, I'm gonna throw that out there right now. If, uh, fellow Misties, yes, Mike is my favorite host. Come at me, brah. <laughs> <laughs> he's he is he's my favorite host too. Um I mean Joel Joel gets a lot of respect for starting the whole thing and really, you know, I mean it, it was it was his brainchild. I mean yeah. to be I mean, fair. I, I will tell you right now, 
I do I do like Joel and I do like Jim. I, there is not an MS23K host I don't like, but mm-hmm. Mike edges out just a little bit for me. And yeah. I, I, I will tell you, you know, I've met Joel Hodgson, wonderful, wonderful man. So just want to throw okay. that out there. Okay. Well, yeah, that's 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 awesome. So yeah, yeah, I, I but Mike is my favorite. I think I think it also has a lot to do with the time period when I was watching Mystery Science Theater 3000 was the Mike era. Mm-hmm. And and then you know when I watched reruns, that's when I watched all the Joel ones. But yeah. I you know I watched Mike first, and so mm-hmm. it's kind of like with Doctor Who, who's your favorite doctor? <laughs> you always it's, remember your first. Right? Yeah, it's always your first. You you always remember that first one. So that's why you know. I am one of the few people who loves Christopher Eccleston. I feel like. Oh yeah, I, I love Chris. I, I love Chris. Chris uh, I can't even talk. I can't even talk. <laughs> These giant rabbits have just fried my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, and we do have, as I mentioned, in this episode, we have one of them on the island. <laughs> just one, because we're afraid one. to have more than one because there might be more. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, getting we into- have to keep it PG around here, so. <laughs> So getting into our likes and dislikes about this movie, what what is it about this movie? What, if anything, about this movie do you like? <laughs> I, I can't love this movie with anything but irony. I, just, I know, yeah. I can't. It, yeah. I can't. That is the thing. I just, I, there is, I can't love, I have nothing but ironic love for this movie. Again, thank you, MST. For doing this to me, I like DeForest Kelly. I will say that. Mm. I'll bring this up. I like DeForest Kelly, but he's from Star Trek, so I I'm kind of predisposed to like him or Mm. any other Star Trek actor who's in something. And so it was cool. He needs to lose the horrible '70s mustache. (laughs) (laughs) So does everybody in this movie, except that one guy, Jason, who was one of the one of the sheriff's deputies Mm. or something like that. He was fine. He, he was he was totally fine. Everybody else needed to mustache. So you so everybody in this movie just had a lot of extra hair. Oh yeah. Ah, uh, hair. But so that was cool, and the you know seeing the pulp fix when I had actually kind of forgotten. That he was in Star Trek. I was surprised. It was something brought up to me because I knew about DeForest Kelly. You know, so, so yeah, there's two actors. Who's the other guy? And, and you said, well, thanks. So like, Wait a second. Mm-hmm. So just to go into that from my notes, the Paul Fix was actually, he wasn't the original doctor. If you go by the unaired pilot. Mm-hmm. So we're going to, we're going to veer off course here a little bit with Kaiju. Sorry. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> so the original Star Trek series actually had two pilot episodes. Right. The The first one was called The Cage. And the only character from that episode who carried over to the rest of the show was Spock. Spock, so had, right. Well, yeah. well, I mean, Pike did kind of come back. Kind of. <laughs> that was weird. Uh, I'll get to that in a second. But so they made the, the cage <laughs> called The Cage. And that had a completely different doctor. His mm-hmm. name was Dr. Phil Boyce, who was played by John Hoyt. 
So he mm-hmm. was the doctor in that first episode. It never aired. So they made a second pilot that was called Where No Man Has Gone Before. That is where Paul Fix was on the show as Dr. Piper. Mm-hmm. So he was in that episode. That was when NBC actually picked up the show because they liked it enough. But after they made that episode, both Gene Rodberry and a few other and the screenwriter for that episode, a few other people looked at Paul Fix and they're like, yeah, we don't quite like his performance and or the how he played the character and all that. So let's make up a new character because Gene Roddenberry wanted a younger, more, I guess you could say vigorous character mm-hmm. to play the doctor. So then he invented Dr. McCoy and then it was replaced by DeForest Kelly and the rest is history. That was right. in the, it's not the first episode to air. The first episode to air was the man trap, but the first episode they made. So it's the technically the debut of DeForest Kelly as Dr. McCoy. It's called the Corbomite Maneuver, which is a fantastic mm-hmm. episode. I might. Have. Yeah. So, yeah. You now, so there's your little Star Trek lesson, kids. <laughs> yep. <laughs> this is why I came back. <laughs> so, yep, exactly. But, so you're getting more DeForest Kelly in this. He's still, he's not playing Doctor McCoy, but he still has that little bit of that you know, kind of cantankerous energy to right. him in this. He was playing, I think he was, what, a university professor? He just happened to be hanging out in Arizona. <laughs> yeah. I forget so, what his character actually was supposed to be. He just was I, there. <laughs> I think IMDb said he was supposed to be Dr. Messer something, but yeah. yeah. We're watching I Night of the he... Lepus and we have Rift Track, so it's a little hard to keep track of everything. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Now, my initial thoughts on this movie is, I'm just like you, I love it with all of the irony in the world. (laughs) It is so fun to watch, but it was not meant to be fun. (laughs) It was, I have been wanting to cover this movie ever since I first did Kaiju Weekly, even even back before I had Steven and before I had Michael. Back when I had my original co-host, Jake, and all of those episodes are lost now. They You can't listen to them. But back then, I found out about this movie when researching giant monster movies. And I was like, I have to see this movie. I have to talk about this movie on a podcast. And so I am so happy we finally get here and get to talk about this yeah except you came perilously close to to covering it alone because michael specifically requested a day pass to monster island to avoid this right yeah the two movies that michael so far has said i am not covering i am not going to be on the episode with you is uh attack of the killer tomatoes and night of the lepus and (laughs) Can anybody really blame him? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. So it's it's for me the likes and dislikes are just kind of blurring because there are things yeah. that are bad. This is a bad movie. Let's just say that oh, yeah. this is a terrible oh, yeah. movie. But it's the kind of movie that as I said on about Godzilla versus Megalon back on my first podcast Kaiju Vision Radio this is the kind of movie that I call a glorious train wreck mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's what it is. You can't take your eyes off of a train wreck. And this one is, it, it is so wonderfully bad. <laughs> oh yeah. 
Oh yeah. And and I have I have something I have uh I describe it in a way in my final thoughts that I'm going to save for when we get to final thoughts, but I have a, a very uh interesting way of describing this movie. But yeah, you're right. It is it's not a good movie. It is not a good movie, but is it fun to watch? I fully, fully believe that if you are the type of person that enjoys cheesy and ridiculous movies, if you like The Room, if you like Plan 9 from Outer Space, you are going to love Night of the Leapus because okay. it is... I am going to put this that. out here. I do think Night of the Leapus is better than both of them. <laughs> I will throw that one. Now, now, it's not a very high bar. Weird, right. Yeah, but it's no. still better than both of them. Well, there's better acting in, in yeah. Night of the Leapus than there is because there's actual seasoned and, and like good actors in this movie. <laughs> You're tearing me apart, Robin! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, before we move into anything else, we need to see, we need to, or we need to let all of the listeners know, um, we're going to be playing a, uh, pop culture rabbit bingo. <laughs> Get your bingo boards out with all that we're going to see how many we can reference in a, in, I have a list. <laughs> I have a list of potentials. I can't promise we'll get to all of them, but how many do I have? I have more than any bingo board should have. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two. Although it's more like twenty-one and one is an inside joke if you uh, <laughs> hung out with us at Kaiju Quarantine. <laughs> oh yes. Oh. <laughs> Oh, for anyone, for anyone. Of Star Trek and Tribbles when it was brought up in our little, our little, the Twitter chat, all the, uh, all the podcasts are involved with us, our planning chat. Uh, I put up a meme of war from Trials and Tribulations that said, uh, it is a long story. We do not speak of it with outsiders. <laughs> um, anybody who's listening to this who uh, was also part of the Kaiju quarantine and especially was there in that last uh, episode, <laughs> or, or not last episode, but last little for bit Final of it Wars. for Final Wars, um, tweet at us and let us know and let's all get through it together. Um, <laughs> we have formed a support group for victims of this image that was shared with us and uh, hopefully we can help you sleep better at night. <laughs> That's how you make a rabbit scary. Unlike <laughs> that picture is scarier than, than this entire movie. <laughs> That is exactly right. Oh, <laughs> that sounds like as good a place as about this. Okay, so the draw for this is the rabbits. Except when this movie was coming out, it was released by MGM, 1972. Mm -hmm. They didn't want anybody to know that it was a horror movie about rabbits. Right. <laughs> the funny thing is, the title of this movie was originally Rabbits. <laughs> but then some very smart person at, at MGM realized no one will take a horror movie about rabbits seriously. So they changed it to Night of the Lepus. Lepus is the Latin genus. Well, it's a Latin word 
for hare, which is technically inaccurate because hares, not the same as rabbits. They're in the same family, but they are two separate species. Hares have right. bigger ears for one thing. So right. there's, it's still technically wrong, but they did that probably because it sounds, yeah, they probably did that because it sounded kind of exotic, kind of interesting, but people who know their Latin are going to know exactly what it is. Also, when you look at the posters for it, there are no rabbits anywhere. It's just, it's just a bunch of eyes in the dark. <laughs> and they're like, you know, they're, it has all these taglines talking about, ooh, the monster's in the dark. See, they're coming. And it's like they're hyping it so much. Yeah. And then you watch it. And then, you know, people who don't know Latin probably go to this and they see it and they're like, rabbits. <laughs> rabbits. So but, you but... I'm sure you know about this. Do you remember the the unmade movie from from Dae that was called Nazara? Yes. yes. Okay. One of the things that is infamous about Nazara was that yeah, this actually the failure of Nazara eventually camera good came out of right. Yeah, in the sort of camera for thirty years anyway. So that was supposed to be a kaiju movie about giant rats. Right. And the way they were trying to make this movie is they had miniatures built and they were going to use real rats. Mm -hmm. And they were trying to film it with real rats and it proved problematic. Right. Because I'll leave they... it at that because this is not a Nazareth episode, but it proved problematic. It failed. And then they eventually used a bunch of that stuff to make Gamera, uh, to make Giant Monster Gamera. Right, yeah. yeah. This so, movie proves that that was a good, that it was good that that movie failed because <laughs> what we have here is a bunch of miniatures that have regular size rabbits running through them toward the but, camera. But, Nathan, that's no ordinary rabbit. Look at the bones. <laughs> <laughs> the bones. <laughs> okay, there's your first mark it off on the bingo card. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> That's your first one. Um so listeners I can neither confirm nor deny that the one uh, Lepus rabbit on the island may have tried to bite off Godzilla's head. <laughs> <laughs> Run away! <laughs> there is a an animation speech. I sent it to you before we started recording where someone ran the audio from that scene. Over, <laughs> God's uh, over Godzilla and several other kaiju. I can neither confirm or deny that that is a dr dramatization. <laughs> <laughs> so, so listeners, I want to I want I, I want to kind of break this down a little bit because um, this podcast is not just meant for longtime kaiju fans, but it's also for people who are just getting into the genre. So, if you're new to the giant monster genre, there are three really three types of giant monster movies you have suitmation or tokusatsu uh which is what godzilla is and a lot of those uh japanese monsters they're made with uh big rubber suits uh that and they knock down miniatures so if you think of uh power rangers godzilla mm -hmm. any of those that's what that is ultraman Mm -hmm. Right, Ultraman. If then you have stop motion or claymation, sometimes is what it's called, which is uh, or dynamation, 
uh, is what it was nicknamed back in the day, which is what your Ray Harryhausen films are. Um, so if you're thinking of uh, Clash of the Titans or It Came From Beneath the Sea or anything like that, Mysterious Beast Island, from 20, Fathoms. Beast from 20,000 Fathoms, that's what or that is. Or if you really want to get super Willis O'Brien and King Kong. Yeah, Willis O'Brien and King Kong. Um, that stop motion animation uh, is made, and that there's a whole process to making that. But that's another form of monster movie. Then you have the monster movies that take real animals and put them on miniature sets and just film them kind of <laughs> running around on miniature sets. They did that <laughs> with, um, I think it was Journey to the Center of the Earth or one of the one of the movies. One of one of the Journey to the Center of the Earth movies did it, where they just took uh, lizards and then put like li little fins on them and just yeah. let them run loose and uh, pa passed them off as dinosaurs. Yeah, that was, right. That was great. Yeah, totally a dinosaur. Yeah, totally. Um, also, the giant or the Gila giant Gila monster. Giant Gila a, monster was if one. If you're yeah. a fan of MST3K. Yep, giant Gila monster. Um, and then that's what they did for Night of the Lepus. It's not. Uh, suitmation. It's not stop motion. They they didn't design. Well, uh, um, <laughs> they didn't design a scary looking rabbit monster, which is what they should have done. Which is what they were going to do in Nezera because they had the big rats that were destroying the city in Nezera that was planned. But they also were planning on using a tokusatsu uh, giant yeah, rat they, kaiju they too. Were, uh, yeah, yeah, like the like the. I guess you could say it's the Rat King. Who, right. <laughs> a, a totally different reference. Yeah, right. so we're going to do a suit for it, but then the, the, the movie fell apart because the, talk about a trouble. And so if they did something like that in this movie, it would have been so much better, but they didn't. They just had fluffy, cute little bunnies <laughs> running around. They weren't even wild rabbits. They, they weren't were even wild rabbits. rabbits. They were they domesticated were rabbits, by domesticated the way, because I spent, rabbits. Because, because I was way too bored on my flight here. I was, and this is me we're talking about, because if you've listened to my show, you know, I do way more research than anyone should do on some of these movies. But <laughs> I was doing research on rabbits on my flight here. And I found <laughs> that there is actually a difference between bunnies and rabbits. Mm -hmm. a, bun a, a rabbit is a small mammal. A bunny is a young, often baby rabbit. So there you go. Mm -hmm. Ever wanted to know the difference? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so this this movie is just something else. I I love it. I love it. I love it so okay. much. So we've already talked about that they used real rabbits on miniature sets, and they're just moving the camera around. And I'm just picturing crew members standing just behind the camera. Pulling up carrots and lettuce, trying to lure the rabbits. To right. The <laughs> <laughs> Come here, guys. Come on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but then, then, you know, this is a horror movie. This is about giant killer rabbit. So they have to maul people. Right. So and how do you transition from miniature to the actors being attacked <laughs> by the rabbits? <laughs> Very awkwardly shot guys in bunny costumes. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, when I say awkward, I mean like you barely even see them. Like it, it, the editing in the so weird 
because they have to do like super crazy close-ups you could barely see the rabbit right and it just the, the so-called attack scene so if you're a slasher movie fan you'll be a little disappointed the attack scenes more or less amount to super close-ups of dude in bunny costume tackling actor and smearing them with ketchup <laughs> and I, this is i i may think that's a joke i read that that is literally what they did this oh, is yeah. the only movie i could think of where they for real used ketchup as <laughs> blood. i always made that joke since i was a kid this is one movie where they actually yep Yep, and my favorite scene where it's so noticeable that it's a man in a bunny suit is when one of the horses is being attacked by one of the rabbits, and it's just a guy in a rabbit suit that's jumping on the horse. <laughs> I, the whole time I watch that, I'm like, please give me real bunnies attacking rubber horses. Super Raya did it in Frankenstein World. You do it, do it. And they didn't do it. I said, cowards, cowards. <laughs> uh, and seeing all I was thinking was the bin the Easter bunny is out for revenge. <laughs> Check. <laughs> yep. Check for the bingo. Oh, <laughs> oh wait, I already referenced one earlier when I did the greeting. So there's three we've checked off. So. Right, exactly. <laughs> So um, one of my favorite facts, well, you talked, we talked about how this movie is slightly better than like the room or plan nine from outer space because of the acting uh, in it. There are two actors in this movie who are, who are Oscar nominees <laughs> and not just not Oscar nominees. They were Oscar nominees at the time that this movie was being made. <laughs> <laughs> who was it and what were they in? I um you have Janet Lee. Uh you know, of course, uh Janet Lee from Psycho. Um she was nominated. I actually I, I can't remember if she was nominated for Psycho or if she was nominated for something else. Um but uh and then you have oh hold on, I lost it. You have Stuart Whitman, who was the one who played uh the main Roy Bennett, who played Janet Lee's husband. And gotcha. So let's all the characters see. blend together unless you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The one who, the one, the ones, the two people who wanted to make Jack a little more like Jill and Jill a little more like Jack, <laughs> as they described it in the movie. <laughs> I was watching that. I was watching that. I was like, "What? Are you doing? That makes no sense." Are you? <laughs> the movie is riffing itself. Right. <laughs> exactly. And it was this scene where. You have Janet Lee and her daughter, because they have a daughter in this. Mm. Like, what, 10 years old? This 10-year-old blonde girl. <laughs> and she's hanging out with her husband, who's a scientist, studying the rabbits. Because the, 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 the idea, I think, in this one, it's not very well explained, is mm -hmm. that this guy started experimenting on rabbits, and then they somehow got bigger and became carnivorous. Okay, and <laughs> apparently you make something bigger, it automatically becomes carnivorous, to which I say cows, but. Right. <laughs> and so, and then she she's asking, because she's she's a 10-year-old girl, thinks the, mm -hmm. the rabbits are cute, and she wants one. She says, what are you doing to her? She's like, well, we're going to turn, we're going to make Jack a little bit more like Jill, and Jill a little bit more like Jack. I'm like, what in the heck are you? 
talking about? (laughs) Is this some way, is this how you explain spaying and neutering (laughs) to children? What are you, what? Nursery rhymes? I butchering nursery rhymes? I mean, you just stop it. (laughs) Oh, man. I was hung up on that for a minute after it was right <laughs> right it was so weird such a weird line um my other fact that i really love about this movie is uh janet lee at the time had declined to allow her two teenage daughters uh <laughs> kelly kelly curtis and jamie lee curtis to appear in the movie in minor roles because she didn't want them to be part of or see a horror film which is ironic <laughs> because Jamie Lee Curtis just not not long after this movie went on to play in Halloween. Six years. It was six years. Okay, seventy-eight. Okay, so six years later went on to be one of the most famous scream queens in history in Halloween. So yeah, <laughs> just such do you a... think? Do you think John Carpenter saw her in this? movie? <laughs> maybe <laughs> uh, I, I, I i actually oh do know uh, there was there is a fact i do know about halloween um and the and the casting of jamie lee curtis but i'm not going to share it here because this is not yeah. a halloween or horror movie uh uh podcast this is a giant monster yeah. movie podcast oh, and oh why why you mentioned it. Why are the rabbits carnivorous all of a sudden? The, it just makes no sense. They just all they did was get big. Why did they suddenly start trying to eat yeah. people? <laughs> I, it just it makes no sense. It is, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is as good a time as any to talk about this mm-hmm. because this is actually an adaptation. It is a book right. adaptation. Yes. This is actually based on an Australian science fiction novel and i am actually curious to read this novel unfortunately <laughs> i don't think it's been reprinted since 1964 and now costs $800 plus a pound of flesh on mm-hmm. amazon but the name of the novel that it was based on is called year of the angry rabbit and it was by a fella named russell braddon i i had to look up a summary of this on uh, on Wikipedia, and I will tell you right now, I wish they had made this movie right, because I think exactly. if they had made the if they had adapted the novel accurately, you may have had a cult classic on your hands. Mm-hmm. Because unlike this movie, because one of the biggest problems that this movie has that makes it unintentionally hilarious is that it is deathly serious. Right. It has an absolutely absurd concept. And everything is as straight-laced as you can possibly get. And the novel was comic horror. It was satirical. And I want this movie. When I read the summary, I'm thinking, like, you could have given this to somebody like Sam Raimi, and he would have had a ball with it. Oh, yeah. But here, here here is my little summary of the novel that from what I read online. You have the Australian Prime Minister who uses a new super weapon to because it takes place in Australia, not Arizona, to mm-hmm. kill giant rabbits and then you then try to use this weapon to dominate the world. 
that's <laughs> the TV guide summary for you. Here's some more details. So here he goes. This is what here's the summary for the proper summary. The prime minister learns that his property has been infested with a rabbit epidemic, which is timely because I found out that that is actually a problem in Australia. Oh yeah, I'll for give sure. you a few detail. I'll give you a few details about that in a little bit because that's what I do on my podcast. I research things and put stuff in context. So his solution for dealing with this rapid epidemic on a bioweapon, <laughs> <laughs> a bioweapon that is called Supermix MYX that was genetically engineered, a genetically engineered super strain of a disease that afflicts rabbits, that afflicts rabbits. That is called, and I may be butchering this name, but it's called mixomatosis. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they just call it super mix. And, but <laughs> instead of killing the rabbits, it turns them into rabid rabbits uh, <laughs> and is fatal to humans. Oops. <laughs> so the prime minister has his property nuked <laughs> to kill the rabbits, which is interesting because last I checked, Australia was the nuclear club. They don't have a nuclear arsenal. So. <laughs> Um, as you can tell, this novel is very much a satire of of war and capitalism and nationalism. Mm -hmm. And then they plant the supermix bombs around the world. <laughs> <laughs> and then detonate them. And then it pretty much turns the world into a more benign version of Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. <laughs> yeah. Or Where wars are non-existent and conflicts are resolved in harmless arena game. Yeah. Which, but then, which Mad Max is another Australian based yep. thing. So it makes sense. And this was, this predates actually Mad Max. Yep. Uh, and this movie predates Mad Max. Right. But in, tr you know, the true irony of this novel is after all of this, and it happens over the course of three years and the Australian prime minister now rules the world, the killer rabbits come back. And they have now been mutated to giant size through the radiation. And also, I might, as I already mentioned, they became rabid because of disease. And now they're giants because of radiation. <laughs> and they kill everybody. <laughs> right. Yep. And then everybody abandons Australia and leaves it to the Aborigines. And they summon a flood to kill the rabbits. And then it's implied that all of the super mix bombs that are still left in the world are going to destroy all the rest of the humans. <laughs> also, just to point out that this is a satire, one the novel is named Major Gary Cooper Hill. <laughs> I want this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Look, now I have gone on this record. This could be a very like Dr. Strangelove sort of movie. And oh, yeah. Amazing. Oh, yeah. Now, I have gone on record multiple times on this podcast as saying that uh, if they because because um, Little Shop of Horrors has opened the door for cheesy, dumb monster movies to be turned into plays, musicals, I want that to happen with Night of the Lepus. <laughs> And I actually kind of want the play to be based off of the novel and turn this into a full-fledged musical. It would be perfect. Yes. Actually, now I want that. I had a joke that I was going to bring up where I think I got one better for you, but I, that it may top it. But I will still bring this up 
to try to make your day, Travis. In fact, I might make your week. This was Uh-oh. something that came to mind Uh-oh. as I was watching this movie. You know, the one thing I might want more than that would be Tremors 8 Graboids versus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're kind of set in the same same area. Yes, in Nevada. Oh, no, yep. it's in Arizona. And, <laughs> right. and you know, perfection is in Nevada. Let's do a crossover. Right. Set the Graboids on the giant man-eating rabbits. I will watch it. <laughs> I would watch it. Would the be the heck first out of Tremors sequel I've seen since three. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch the heck out of that. And then oh. I don't know, make it a musical too. We'll just make it a we'll make it a musical <laughs> that's a crossover with Night of the Leafits. Because why not? Just pile on the ridiculous things. Oh, do man. it. Do it now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so one of I these days back on your show for that <laughs> one of these days i'm going to be doing a dream casting of what i think the night of the leap is musical who who should be in it because i keep talking about it and i th- i feel like maybe a bonus episode needs to be my dream casting for <laughs> night of the leap is the musical <laughs> and then to have a bonus episode tremors eight graboids versus Right. <laughs> okay. Oh so God. we have had a lot of fun with this movie. Do you want to go through and just run off as many pop culture rabbit references that you want to make? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get them all out right now. Right here. Get them all. I still have notes on the on you know the actual rabbit epidemic in Australia, but I do way too. Oh, okay, yeah. But uh, <laughs> I mean, we don't have to go into. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean that is it is an interesting thing, and it, it makes sense that this movie was, uh, or not the movie, but the book was set in Australia yeah. because the rabbit epidemic in Australia was really bad, uh, and, yeah. and still is to a certain extent. Like they still they still yeah. are constantly fighting rabbit overpopulation. Yeah. And, and you know, coming up with diseases to infect them with, to kill them, and doing hunts, and which we right. saw—that was the one acknowledgement of the novel. Yes, <laughs> because this is really only inspired by the novel, but it starts with a newscaster mm-hmm. who's talking about the rabbit epidemic in Australia and showing—I'm guessing—it's actual stock footage, right? <laughs> of people hunting rabbits and the rabbits just running at defenses. I wish this movie had been set in Australia instead of in America because I would have loved to have seen a giant rabbit destroy the Sydney Opera House. <laughs> and then we can have Crocodile Dundee and Mad Max. <laughs> by a giant rabbit. <laughs> yeah. Hey, rabbit, you see this knife? <laughs> that's not a knife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your buck tooth, that's not a knife. This is not. <laughs> but no, uh, rabbits, the, specifically, they were European rabbits. They were mm-hmm. introduced by the first fleet in Australia, 1788, and are considered an invasive species. They just ran amok. Right. And with no natural predators, uh, yeah. they just took over. Yeah. Now, apparently, from what I was reading, they kept the population on. Under control for the most part until about the middle of the 19th century. And then a fella by the name of Thomas 
Austin decided in the late 1850s to start releasing <laughs> wild <laughs> rabbits so he could hunt them. Right. And there was this little line here from him where he said, the introduction of a few rabbits could do little harm and might provide a touch of home in, you know, in yeah. any way. Oh, where? In addition to a spot of hunting, because he was a British fellow. Mm -hmm. And then, because there were no natural predators at that point, because they had those populations had thinned out, the population blew up to about 10 billion. Right. Yep. And, yeah. But... One nice thing that kind of came out of it was during there was there's been a couple of economic depressions in Australia since then, mm -hmm. most notably, you know, in the 1930s, along with most of the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. So people would capture the rabbits and use them as food sources or as a source of income. Yeah. But yeah. so some nice things did come out of it. But regardless, it's been devastating for Australia's ecology. It's caused because of overgrazing and they've caused soil erosion. Right. Yeah. So yep. uh, I, I would definitely love to. I need to reach out to Sam, who has been a guest on our podcast twice now, uh, and talk to him because his uh, we talk about him being an ecologist on the podcast, but he specializes actually in invasive species mm -hmm. and he is from Australia. So I'd like to hear ah. some, of, some of his thoughts on he's from Melbourne. Uh, Australia. Mm. I'd like to hear some of his thoughts on this, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, the Australia pretty much everything that's not a marsupial or a bird that's naturally there uh, is an invasive species or has been brought over there because dingoes were not originally from Australia. They were they were descendants of dogs that were brought to Australia. The the rabbits were brought to Australia. Cats and deer and a lot of the a lot of those things. And one invasive species that a lot of people don't know about in Australia is camels. Camels? Camels. Australia has the largest population of camels outside of Africa. What? <laughs> so, and it's because they were brought over as a way of transporting goods back before cars were around. They do well in, in the desert, uh, so they would do well in the outback areas of uh, central Australia. And what happened is their population just boomed and people started letting them loose. And now there are herds of camels that just run wild in Australia. Wow. So that wow. is a <laughs> mind blown. That is an interesting thing. So, yeah. But going back to rabbits, <laughs> going back to ah. our our rabbits. Uh, oh my god, the goodness. <laughs> in the in the final scene when all the rabbits are dying uh from electric shock, uh it's how they get rid of them. Um all I could hear in my head was kill the rabbit, kill the rabbit, kill the rabbit. <laughs> and no one stops to think, hey, it's the fault of these kids, these anti-Kennies. Because right. the little girl, the little girl had to have one of the genetically altered rabbits. And then this boy, wasn't her brother or anything, it was just this boy. It's like, right. I don't like you or your rabbit. He killed my chickens. Get rid of the rabbit. I'll get my revenge by setting it free. And so it's like, you kids are to blame. It's all because of you. <laughs> all your fault. But nobody so, talks about that. 
Oh, oh, I got a good one. Silly rabbits meddling in God's domain is for kids. <laughs> at, at the uh, end, those poor bunnies got energized. Yep. <laughs> oh, tick, tick, tick. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to play my killer bunny card. <laughs> <laughs> uh, somebody keep you Hefner away from these things. <laughs> the, the bunny, the bunny. Whoa, I hate, I hate the bunny. <laughs> All you Christian kids who will know will understand that one. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh my goodness. Uh, there, are all these poor things are looking for Jessica. <laughs> I was just looking for Jessica. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is Donnie Darko's fever dream. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> Which, by the way, speaking of white rabbits, we discovered because of a joke in the Rift Track. If yes. you have seen The Matrix, you have seen part of this movie. Yes, because, because when in the Neo goes to visit the Oracle, there's a couple of kids doing practicing their psychic powers. There's a TV on in the background, and it's playing a clip from Night of the Lepus because symbolism. Symbolism with the rabbits. No, I have a feeling that just someone on set, one of the Wachowskis, is just a huge fan of this movie, and that's why it's there. It has nothing to do with the whole rabbit themes in uh, or the rabbit <laughs> hole <laughs> tumbling down the rabbit hole. <laughs> right, like it has nothing to do with the whole rabbit imagery in the in the movie. It's just because we were fans of it and we were playing it in the background. <laughs> so yes, yes, Night of yep. the Lepus makes an appearance in the Matrix. Yep, I don't know if we made this reference or not, but obviously we have to do it. No, none of these rabbits are bringing children baskets of goodies. <laughs> not happening. <laughs> Oh man! So <laughs> I said, and I don't think any of them are made of velvet. <laughs> none of them are made of velveteen, and none of them are nearly as worried as the one that hangs out with Pooh. <laughs> oh man, we need one. Oh, and uh -huh, go ahead. And then this will be my last one. Okay, finish so on I this could, one. We can at least you know finish on this one for all of you Rift Tracks fans out there. <laughs> <laughs> Mankind's greatest achievement. <laughs> oh man. So there you go, everybody. There's our there's all of our rabbit pop culture references that we could squeeze into I, this episode. I could do more, man. I could do could, yeah, yeah. Well we'll say Oh yeah, here's a good one for you. Okay. An alternate title for this should have been Death by Snuggles. That's essentially what rabbits do. To yeah, death by snuggles. They're so cute. Every time the the rabbits are shown like snarling and growling, it's actually <laughs> them yawning. They're yawning, and it's so cute. <laughs> How do you? I, I get what they were trying to. I get what they were trying to do. They're trying to take something cute and innocuous and innocent and make it horrifying. Right. In. On paper, that makes sense, and there are examples that you can point to where that's been done. It's just right. this movie. Right.
this movie man yeah yeah so let's let's go ahead and get into our godzuki scores for anybody who is new to the podcast uh we like to score our movies out of five godzukis godzuki being uh godzilla's dim-witted nephew from the 1970s hanna-barbera cartoon and we like to embrace the silly and pay homage to the great godzuki by using him as our yardstick for these movies so nathan out of five <laughs> Godzukis, what would you score Night of the Lepus? Oh, it's all, all the pressure. <laughs> I mean, I hang out with Godzuki on a daily basis. But, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I feel like I need to give this two. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you ha uh, the, I have to give it the real score. Right. And then the glorious train wrecks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the ironic score. Right. <laughs> because if I graded it on the on pure enjoyment, especially with riff tracks, this is a five. <laughs> mm, oh yeah. <laughs> because of how ridiculous it is. But as an actual movie, I was being critical about it. <sighs> <laughs> I don't think it rises above a two. I can't good conscience give it anything higher than a two. That is the absolute peak I could give it as if I was looking at it as a movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm right there with you. My score for this would be a two. But just like with the Giant Claw review, I would say me as a critic, as someone who's supposed to be uh, presenting these movies to people who may not have seen them and trying to give an honest review, it's definitely a two. But drunk Travis, who is drunk <laughs> while watching this movie, would definitely give it a five because I loved watching this movie. It was so much fun. <laughs> Oh, oh so so do you have the money costumes and the ship? Yeah. <laughs> so do you have any final thoughts that you want to say about Night of the Lepus uh, before we finally close the book on this this movie? <laughs> <laughs> if you want a really good laugh, if you want to see if you're into unintentional comedies, if you love riff tracks, MST3K and the sorts of movies that they have on there. You need to give this a watch. You will have a good time. Especially, even if you don't watch it with the riff track like we did, get a bunch of your friends together, your funniest mm -hmm. friends, your funniest friends, order a pizza, get your favorite adult beverage if you want, <laughs> and give this a watch. You will be highly entertained, and you will, you will laugh the whole time because this is the perfect riff tracks mst3k sort of movie it's a bad movie but it's a sincere bad movie yeah yeah and that's what makes it great oh <laughs> it's, yeah it's it's very paradoxical <laughs> <laughs> yeah my final thoughts it's great because it's terrible oh yeah <laughs> yeah my final thoughts on this uh the people behind this movie set out to create a terrifying horror movie that people would be afraid in and be screaming in and they failed so brilliantly so brilliantly this movie is artistically bad <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and that is the only way I can describe it is it is artistically bad. So just like Nathan, if you enjoy the irony of watching terrible movies and making fun of them and having fun with them, you will enjoy this movie. But if you are someone yeah. who takes movies very seriously, don't watch this movie. <laughs> no, don't. This uh, the other way I describe movies like this. I call them awesomely awful. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Yep. That is what this is. It is awesomely awful. Yep, exactly. So we're going to close the book now, at least for now, on Night of the Lepus. Does that mean I will never bring the movie up ever again on the podcast? <laughs> Probably not. Much to Michael's chagrin. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like every podcast needs to come up with a bingo board for the sorts of things that get referenced on a particular episode and night of the Lupus needs to be added to Kaiju. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Oh, wow. All right. So we're going to quickly uh, hop over into the mail bag. Hop. 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 That was unintentional. They just keep coming. <laughs> Oh, man. So we're going to go ahead and get into the mailbag segment. Um, so uh, last week I asked a question from Nick Blackler, uh, who sent us a bunch of questions on Facebook. I only answered one of his questions last week, so I decided to cover uh, another one of his questions um, this week on uh, this episode. And his question is... Could you give some suggestions for some non-Godzilla or Gamera kaiju or monster movies that you haven't mentioned on the podcast? Bonus points if they are on Tubi. So I just I just joined Tubi, so I don't know their full library yet. <laughs> yeah, well, I've been I I, uh, I went through when I got this question. I went through and looked at Tubi and looked at what they had available. And so I'm going to read off a few. Now we've mentioned a lot of giant monster podcasts. We haven't reviewed a lot, but we've, we've mentioned a lot on here. So finding one that we haven't mentioned was kind of hard. Um, but I will give uh, a shout out to 20 million miles to earth. We've talked about that's a mm. Ray Harryhausen film. It is available on Tubi. The Ray Harryhausen effects is what makes that movie great. So I would definitely, uh, Watch that one if you are a fan of the stop motion kind of uh, monster movies. Um, mm. There is a movie called Altitude, which was a 2010 horror movie about a giant monster, tentacle monster in the sky attacking a small airplane. And it's kind of interesting. It's 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 it is an interesting movie. I will leave it at that. Um, that one I have not seen yet. I won't go as far to say it's it's a good movie, but it is definitely worth watching and giving some some attention to. Um, the original Little Shop of Horrors uh, from the 1960s. Which I would like to, which I do want to see. I have only seen the musical. And I've actually seen the stage version as well. I had that privilege. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah. yeah, the original Little Shop of Horrors is on Tubi. Uh, there is a movie called, where is it? Uh, Leviathan, which stars, um, what's his name? Peter Weller from RoboCop. 
Mm-hmm. And he fights a giant underwater monster. So there's a giant monster movie for you. Um, they also have Reptilicus on there, <laughs> which is a fun one. <laughs> so if you want to watch an old-timey one, they have a few of the schlocky ones. Like, they have Reptilicus, they have the giant claw. Um, so they have a few like that on there, too. Yeah, I'm looking uh, over my queue right now to see if I, I added anything that could be added to your list. The uh, They also, you haven't mentioned this one, they also have Gorgo. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, well, yeah, we've reviewed that one on the podcast, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Gorgo. Okay. Gorgo is on there, uh, both yeah. the original version and the Mystery Science Theater version of Gorgo mm-hmm. is available on there, and Gorgo is legitimately one of my favorite giant monster movies. Okay. Yeah. As uh, I haven't watched it yet, but is Angry Red Planet? Yes, Angry Red Planet is a giant monster okay. movie. Um, well, it has giant monsters in it, so I yeah. guess it counts. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, close enough. I mean, you have you, you establish definition. Yeah. So there's that. There's um, I, I mentioned it, but uh, Rift Tracks and Mystery Science Theater Three Thousand has a lot of stuff on. Tubi, so that's always you can always mm-hmm. find one of those to watch. Um, but yeah, like the Mystery Science Theater 3000 Attack of the Giant Le- uh, Leeches is on here. So if you um, subscribe, not subscribe because there it, uh, Tubi is a free service. Um, and you'll you, have to make an account, yeah. yeah. You, you well, you, actually, you don't even need to make an account, you can, really because yeah. when I, I, ha- I it made me make a Oh, well, see, I always hit because um, it always says skip this step on it for me. And oh, so I always skip the step. So you don't have to make an account um, and you can watch it. But the only thing is there are ads in it, um, but it's a free service that just has ads. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. But, you know, if you want to watch some of those uh, and, and a big reason why a lot of these giant monster movies are on Tubi is because. Uh, Shout Factory has partnered with Tubi. And so mm-hmm. all of the Gamera films are on there. Uh, a lot of the Super Sentai is on there. Um, and uh, a lot of the, you know, all, all the Mystery Science Theater 3000 stuff is on there. Uh, and so mm-hmm. it's just, it's a great place to find some monster movies. It's a pl- great place to find mm-hmm. a lot of things. But, you know, for this podcast, we focus on the monsters. Mm-hmm. You can also, and I don't know how they, but you can also find at least one. Maybe there's more. I'm not sure. There's some obscure Toho movies mm-hmm. on there as well, like Virus with Sonny Chiba. Yeah, is on there. Yeah, and, and that is incredibly. It's been released on home media in, in the United States, but it's really hard to find. So the fact that you can actually stream it on this thing is mildly astounding. Yeah, yeah. Tubi adds actually a lot of fun. They it is a great place to find a lot of um uh, just old-timey movies that are really good and it has a lot of modern stuff on it too it has tv shows it has all kinds of stuff but if you're into monster movies you can really find some great stuff on there and so nick we hope that we were able to list out some of those movies for you uh, and just while we're in the mailbag segment, I want to make sure everyone knows if you have a question, comment, or anything that you want to send us, you can do that kaijuweekly at gmail.com or you can tweet at us 
uh, at Kaiju Weekly on Twitter. That is the way to reach out to us. And you can also reach out to us through the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group because we're always on there. Me and Michael are on there. Michael is the moderator for that uh, Facebook group. So if you're on there, that is uh, how you can reach out to us as well. Um, so uh, also wanted to remind everyone that we are doing two different giveaways right now. We are giving away a Mothra Blu-ray Steelbook edition uh, to anyone who wants to follow us on uh, social media, on Twitter specifically, if you want to follow us on Twitter, and you leave us a review on iTunes. That is all you have to do to enter that giveaway, and you can be entered in to win the Mothra Steelbook uh, from... Uh, Mill Creek. Mill Creek is the one who released that. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, if you want to do that, that would be good. And the cutoff date for that is May 6th. So have it done by May 6th and we will do, uh, we will pick someone uh, as the winner. And also we are giving away free t-shirts to anyone who signs up to our Patreon by May 6th. If you are a Patreon member right now, you get a free t-shirt. If you sign up anytime between now and May 6th, you will also get a free t-shirt as a way of saying thank you for supporting the podcast during this very weird and difficult time. Uh, right now so if if you're able to support us financially we want to thank you by sending you a t-shirt and the cutoff date for that is also may 6th and so i think that's it for this week's episode so i want to say a big thank you to nathan for coming all the way from monster island and joining me on this episode it was a lot of fun (laughs) yes it was it was totally worth and I can't begin to tell you, I, I miss good old America. You know, it's <laughs> nice to visit, you know, after you grow up here most of your life and then get that crazy new job. Over so mm-hmm. I, I take every opportunity I can to go back. Unfortunately, I may have to, you know, being under some scrutinous quarantine for two weeks or something once I get back to Okasawara because that's how Japan is handling things. Right. If you've traveled to the United States and you go back, they put you, I think the board's trying to find some loopholes to avoid that. But yeah. you know, the board uh, at Monster Island just confuses me. I have given up trying to figure <laughs> them out. Uh, at least it's not the disco nurses from uh, our uh, nuns from space. <laughs> yeah, the, dis- the uh, disco space nuns. Yeah, Disco Space Nuns. Space nuns. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, for don't. anyone who hasn't uh, listened or isn't familiar with your podcast and who you are, uh, do you want to give some plugs? Of course I do. My middle name is Shameless self Promotion. <laughs> <laughs> As I mentioned before, I am Nathan Vault Podcast, a podcast that seeks entertainment and enlightenment through tokusatsu. We're a film appreciation podcast. We're not really a review show. I have a rotating roster of guest hosts who join me to talk about Taikaiju and Tokusatsu films. And not only do you get to hear us talk about the movies, but you get to have a little bit of a history and culture lesson because I put them in their context. Because as you have often quoted from me from my first episode <laughs> here, a lot of these movies are not made for 
us as modern day Americans. They are classic films or they are foreign films and oftentimes they are both. So in order to fully appreciate these movies or more fully appreciate these movies, you have to understand the context in which they were. So you get to hear about all of that. And I have had people tell me they have learned so much listening to the show. They have learned things they didn't know before and they see a lot of these in different lights. So that's what you have to look for. And we have a really fun time. I get to put up with my producer, Jimmy from NASA, who has miraculously survived the infamous war in space. But he won't tell me how. He riffs on me and interrupts me while I'm trying to do the show. <laughs> Part of his job description, he has to correct me on the air or he does it in his blogs. We have a little bit of an R2-D2-C3-R relationship sometimes but you know we still have a good time on the show i i am also for you may not know this i am also a writer so you can ch check out my work there my author website is nathanjsmarchand.com that will give you links to all of my author's social medias and all of that and if you want to check out the podcast it's monsterilandfilmvault.com which will also give you links to all of our social media yeah and i will also be putting uh the link to your podcast in the description of this episode so that people can go and check it out. Thank you, sir. And so want to also thank everyone who was listening, who has put up with us uh, listening to this episode of the podcast, because my goodness, it was a weird one. <laughs> we are not the same men we were no. when we started. <laughs> Changes, man. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so if anybody wants to follow the podcast uh, on social media, we are at Kaiju Weekly on Twitter and at Kaiju Weekly Pod on Instagram. You can send questions, comments, or answers to, tr uh, to our trivia question to our email, kaijuweekly at gmail.com. You can also find us at the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group. Also follow at Kaiju Groupie 54 and uh, the Kaiju Groupie on Twitter and Instagram. That is Michael, my co-host. And we also want to say a big thank you to Brian, Sheger, and Thorax for supporting us on Patreon. You can also support the podcast on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Kaiju Weekly Pod. But only if you're able to, because we know that now is a very difficult financial time for a lot of people. So don't feel pressured to do it. Yes. And so the only other thing I have to do to close out this episode is to ask the trivia question for next week's episode. So this is going to hint to our next episode uh, that we're going to be covering me and Michael. Michael will be back from his vacation to Monster Island. So that question is uh, Haro Nakajima was best known for playing Japanese monsters like Godzilla and Baragon. But <laughs> in course. what? Right, of course. Hashtag justice for Baragon. Hashtag justice for Baragon. So he was best known for playing Japanese monsters like Godzilla and Baragon. But in what movie did he play a famous American monster? I'm biting my tongue because I know. <laughs> <laughs> so that is the topic of next week's episode. And if you answer any answer at all, whether it be a funny answer, whether it be the correct answer or a wrong answer, we will give you a shout out on the podcast. 
And so I'm going to close out this episode of Kaiju Weekly by saying, help control the giant rabbit population, make Jack more like Jill, and Jill a little more like Jack. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you guys next week. Hello? Hey, Travis. Michael here. Sorry to interrupt you guys, but can you put Nathan on, please? Hey, Michael, what's up? Did you make it safely to the island? Hey, Nathan, Michael here. Um, I'm afraid I'm a little bit lost. Uh, according to the directions that was sent to me by your producer, Jimmy, uh, once I was dropped off on the west end of the island, I would see the Ashiro Honda Memorial Park. And from there, I'm to follow the signs to the visitor center. I've tried getting up with Jimmy because I was just dropped off on the west end, and I don't see any of those. I don't see the park, and I don't see any signage leading me to the visitor center. So I'm hoping you can help me. Wait, the West End? No, no, Michael, you have to go back. Nathan? Nathan, are you there? Nathan, Travis. Travis, can you hear me? Oh, God, the signal here sucks, guys. Nathan. Nathan, can you hear me? Ugh. Oh, 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 crap, guys. Oh, oh, I gotta go. I gotta go. I'm sorry, I gotta go.